Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back for another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And today I'm getting a chance to chat with two great colleagues and friends, Kristen Selecta of ESU 9 and Diana Steinbrink of ESU 10. So today's episode is going to be all about all things science. And that really is encompassing of everything from who our science cadre is as a ESU network and kind of how we collaborate with one another, uh, some regional opportunities that are available, not only to folks within specific ESU regions that those summer trainings are available, but also that those are available to educators across the, our state. We'll look at some state level opportunities. We'll get some partnerships that are taking place between organizations and science education in Nebraska, uh, and really just cover a lot of ground over the course of today's episode. But before we get into previewing all of those great opportunities of which uh, and this will be a great opportunity for listeners to grab a pen and a pencil to be able to record all the great things that are going to go down over the course of today's episode, which you can also always access in the show notes. And we'll certainly make available a document that has a lot of hyperlinks that will help ease that process for you all. I do want to take a little bit of time to introduce Kristen and Diana because they're both great people, great educators, and certainly want to give our audience a sense of who they are. And so I'll start with Kristen. Kristen, a little introduction and a little bit about where did your love for science education come from? Because I know you're so passionate about this work. I am passionate and I love to talk about science. I taught at Hastings Middle School for 11 years and I did seventh grade life science, eighth grade earth science. I did one year at Adams Central. It was ninth grade physical science. And as you hear me say that, you can tell the domains were by grade level. Well, we've had a huge shift in terms of that integration where students need to see how life and earth and physical science all intermix and interrelate because they do. That's where the real connections are made between math and science and understanding our world, really figuring out our world through phenomena. So I am so excited now to be a, a professional developer that I get to serve science teachers and help them make that shift, helping students to figure out more often than just learning about, and in such a way that inspires students to be critical thinkers, to have science literacy, to think civic-minded in terms of problem-solving, um, helping them to understand their scientists and engineers. So I actually went to school and thought I was going to be a marine biologist because that's probably my favorite part of science biology. I um, was a biochem major. And then my husband now, then was my friend, said, you need to take an education course. And I did. I took his advice and loved it. And so I have merged those worlds, my love for science, my love for learning, and now I have the dream job of doing just that. And, you know, understanding, too, that efforts similar to this are taking place across all content areas uh, with regards to really shifting to where the learner is the one who's the doer, the explorer, the person asking the questions and interacting with primary sources, whatever it may be in, in a, a myriad of different contexts. That shift is is challenging because oftentimes teachers are being asked to teach in ways they've never seen modeled before. We're not part of their own educational experience. And so it's great whenever we have not only great resources, but great trainings and professional learning opportunities. 
and amazing folks like yourselves to be part of that larger science community and to be engaged in those conversations and support one another and growing in this work on behalf of students. Uh, and so uh, I'm going to give Diana a little room to share her story a bit as well. And then we'll really get into some of the resources and things that we would point our science educators to. I'm Diana Stamrick. I have been at ESU 10 nine years. The, I just finished you my ninth year. I taught middle school math and science at Elm Creek before coming here. And I originally in college went through a few things, decided I went to middle school. I started in elementary. That was not for me. So I went to middle school and you had at that time picked two endorsements. And I actually knew I wanted math was the endorsement I knew for sure I wanted. And through talking to my advisor, she's like, well, there aren't very many science teachers. They would be a good choice. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. So I went through it all. And I actually, my very first teaching job, I didn't teach science. I only taught math. And when I went to Elm Creek, I was in the position where I had to teach chemistry and physics. And all the work that we we're doing around high quality instructional materials and my passion for it bleeds from, I didn't have that when I went there. I was out of my comfort zone teaching chemistry and physics. And so I ended up just having to lean on doing project-based learning, which I don't think I even knew that's what I was doing until later because I didn't have instructional materials to really lean heavily on. I just had some text and informational text is really what I had to go with. But through that, through all of that and through the projects that we did, I fell in love with science with my students. I don't think it was really ever there before that. And listening to them and having them teach me things and me wanting to go and research stuff just from doing all the work with them together and where we went with projects to try to solve problems, learn new things together, really ignited my passion. And every year it just grew. And then we did end up moving towards some instructional materials, but still being able to have that level of um, embedding the projects and the stuff that just made it amazing. The curiosity, the wonder, and then being able to understand how all of these systems that Kristen was talking about work together. They're not individual things. I went integrated before integrated was really probably very popular in Nebraska and well before our standards. And so being able to see all of those connections between them and how the world and everything we see and do really work together um, was fascinating. And I, I would not have said I'm going to geek out before I ever started teaching science. And I just fell in love with it with the students. Well, you can tell that passion has bled into your current role at ESU 10 as a science specialist there, uh, and also as the leader of our science cadre statewide. And so we take a little bit of time to talk about the science cadre in the ESU network. So I and Kellen Connery, ESU 1, are leaders of the science cadre. Each ESU has a designated member that would be part of our group that is really just a point of contact. And depending on their other responsibilities and kind of their background, um, how involved they are, but our goal is really to provide some equitable services and information across all ESUs. And so we meet twice a year formally. Um, and then we've also designed work groups to create and curate materials to help share with all members of the ESU cadre to then kind of support all the professional learning that's happening through your ESUs. And we also have a partner from NDE that participates on the team with us. And so um, any initiatives that come out of the state, we also support that work as well as what our member schools are really in need of. And then we also have just some connections with some state and national organizations that we share information through as well. 
And some of our big topics right now, because we're rolling into a revision year, it's hard to believe it has been, what are we, six years into the new standards? So next year will be our seventh year. And so it will be the year to start talking about revisions. And NTE has already put out kind of a statement talking about small revisions, mostly focused on some implementation supports. And so we started talking about what do we need? What are we going to need as a statewide ESU science organization to better help all of our schools and all of our members of our cadre? And focus on that, we focus on some implementations of ports of new instructional materials. We have a lot of schools that have adopted materials. And then thinking about how can we informally meet? So we do, and Kristen helps lead our lunch lab where we meet once a month over Zoom to just talk about questions we have, to share just any resources, new trainings we've done. And that will continue. And next year, really focusing on some connections with social studies, which I know, Andrew, you do a lot of work with the social studies cadre and just those connections with inquiry especially between those two groups, and then also some partnerships with the math cadre as well, and how we can really work together to support all of our districts. Can I add to that, Andrew? She she just used the word support, and since 2017 with our Nebraska science standards being three-dimensional, you know, had an emphasis on integration, interdisciplinary, phenomena-based, scenario-based, performance tasks, all of these phrases that I'm just rattling off and I didn't even mention the three dimensions, cross-cutting concepts, science and engineering practices, the disciplinary core ideas. These are major shifts that we've experienced since 2017. And without this cadre, without this support, I don't think we would be where we are today. It's that team where we co-communicate, co-create, and then we disseminate to all of our districts and we're here to support them. So that's a lot of paradigm shifting for us and partnerships are key and partnerships with other service units, but also partnerships throughout the state of Nebraska. So I'm going to rattle off a few of these partnerships and anyone listening, if you're thinking, oh, I didn't think about that, feel free to reach out to any ESU person with an emphasis in science, any staff developer or Diana or myself, but here's, here's the, the list. We have our Nebraska Association of Teachers of Science called NATS. We collaborate with them often. We have UBEATS from UNMC, which Andrew, you can speak to that one a little bit, and then I'll continue my list. Yeah, we have some friends from UBEATS that joined us for a podcast recently. Uh, and so I would encourage you to go back and check that out as they have a ton of really great resources in both health sciences, sciences broadly, uh, some STEM a little bit as well. Uh, and so check out the episode with them to learn more. Awesome. We have the science teachers in Nebraska that are NASA space ambassadors, and they will come to your district and they will talk to your classrooms. They will come to workshops. They have amazing resources to share from NASA because there's a plethora and they kind of break it down for you for grade level or, or standards. It's awesome. Um, the Nebraska State Museum, Morrill Hall sends out all kinds of opportunities for webinars, for kits you can check out, for tours of the museum itself, great people to work with, uh, Nebraska Farm Bureau, Homestead National Historic Park, and SAC Museum. So the benefit of science in Nebraska is that we do partner. We do look to experts and others that can share their expertise. We love to share and learn together. Yeah, and I know just from my exposure with our VFTs, which is also a part of what we do at the ESU level, uh, that those organizations really want to be partners, not only in 
a science cadre, but across a number of different disciplines and even just to connect with some real world experiences. And so uh, make sure to check out Invis and some of our content that we have pertaining to some of those partnerships. And if you'd like to join in on that, right? If you're listening in as an organization who could provide some uh, connections for us and would be interested in that virtual piece with, with kiddos, let us know. Absolutely. And speaking of, I had mentioned NATS, which is our Nebraska association. There is the national, I should say, National Science Teaching Association. And the national conference is in Kansas City in October 25th through the 26th. I am going myself. I'm going to try to get some science teachers in my region to join and to go because it's just next door. It's a great opportunity to expand upon what we know and what we do and learning how others are doing it too. We've assigned Kristen the job of going around and picking everybody up and hauling them to Kansas City. And she's already got plans in place. And so if you're in our reach out to Kristen. So we can all be together and people can collaborate because as of right now, Nats is not going to have a fall conference in order to kind of spur everyone because they're over the same time that we would usually have Nats. And so to get people to go to NSTA. And so Kristen is just so great at all of this. We're like, why don't you just get everyone there and figure out all the logistics for us? And <laughs> yeah, I imagine a busload. So if you're at all interested, just, just let us know. We're happy to, to get you on that bus. Um, I'm going to share another opportunity if that's okay, Andrew. This one's closer to home. This one's in Nebraska. It's actually in Hastings, Nebraska. We had a science teacher. His name's Jay Chechla from Adam Central. And he received a grant. And under this grant, it's called ASRT. We love our acronyms in education. That stands for Advancing STEM Research Training. And it is training for science teachers to have more immersive experiences of research with students. So he was awarded this grant and could invite 19 other science teachers to join him in a four and a half day training, which is free. And you get all the materials. And you're with amazing people to collaborate with. And so that opportunity is still out there. Andrew, I've got a bit.ly or do we just add this to the bottom of the cast? So it's gonna, I would say both. I would certainly share it here in audio and then we'll also provide it in the show notes. Awesome. So here's the bit.ly if you're at all interested. It is obviously bit.ly slash all caps STEM at AT, the letters AT, and then capital AC for Adam Central. And there are four registered right now. So there are still some openings if you are interested in joining us in Hastings. Another opportunity that Kristen and I are doing this summer, we are just making the rounds here coming up. And so we decided we've done this summer science retreat for what would this be? Six year? Six years? I think so, yeah. So this year we decided to do something a little bit different. And we're calling it our summer science adventure. And so a place I mean, Kristen cannot believe we've never been. We were talking about what to do this summer and just want to do something a little bit different. We've been really heavy getting our standards implemented over the last five years. And so we were just thinking of those connections around the state. So we are going to Ash Fall Fossil Beds on June 2nd, spending the day there together we currently have close to 20 people, I believe, registered. And so we still have, um, they said they could hold up to 40 people. So if you're interested in Ash Falls Fossil Beds, as long as you're wearing one of our name tags, you get in free. Other than you do have to pay, there's a parking fee for the park. So we get a guided tour. 
and then they're going to do a programming demo. There's a visitor center, gift shop, hiking trails, and just a day to kind of geek out on science together and go somewhere that we've never went. And we said, you know, even if no one had registered, I think me and Kristen still would have went, but luckily we have some other people that are going to drive up there with us. And then everyone will go off, eat lunch. If you want to picnic and eat while you're there, you can. And then we'll head to ESU 8 in Neely. They are going to let us borrow a room. And Moral Hall, some of those connections that Kristen just got in talking about, we have asked two of them to come out because we really want to focus on the Nebraska connection of phenomena and our standards and bring in some connections that we can use. And so we have a document that is a state. Again, this is that science cluttering, the benefit of it that we've been working on to kind of populate different connections that we can make in Nebraska to our standards. And so we'll work with that, thinking about what we saw at Ash Falls. And then Moral Hall is going to come in and share some of their programming, uh, how it connects to our standards and what teachers can use them for. And then we've also asked UBeats to come in from UNMC. And the same thing, where does it fit in our standards? Where can it be impactful and really grow? Like we've gotten really great at implementing our standards, but where can we bring in um, some other pieces and to really grow and develop, especially our science in high school. Those programs are on earth science that uh, it's difficult sometimes to get students in earth science courses. So what can we do to bring in and improve that for our students? Kristen, what else? You're spot thoughts? on about geeking out. I used to read from Bill Bryson's book, A Short His History of Nearly Everything. Highly recommend that book. And there's a whole chapter just to get dedicated to Nebraska and Asheville's fossil beds. And it's about geologic time and evolution and plate tectonics and all of this that comes together. And in the center of our state is a huge phenomena that we, we want to embrace and we want to share more about and experiencing it for yourself. That enthusiasm is contagious when you take it back to the classroom. So we're just excited to have a group of science teachers together doing that. I'm feeling that just in the podcast today with listening to the two of you, just how much energy you, should you have. Come, Andrew. <laughs> you should come with us. It will be a lot of fun. That would be so fun. Yes. Uh, especially with such uh, great collaboration partners uh, there as well with Moral Hall and UBeats. Um, so this is great. Uh, so many things going on. What else? What else uh, would be a science opportunity out there? Yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, I want to give props to Laura Plaz at ESU 7. She's like Diana and myself. She's part of the cadre. She has an emphasis in science, and she has set up a POGL training at ESU 7 on May 25th, and uh, that acronym stands for Process-Oriented Guided Inquiry Learning, and a number of our high school or secondary science teachers utilize POGL as kind of that process of inquiry within the classroom where it's really student driven. Students are designing, students are asking the questions, students are engaging in that inquiry, and then they present what they have found. They communicate their results. They provide arguments for their claims and evidence with their claims. So it's it's a great training and it's available at ESU 7. And we've had lots of teachers at our summer science retreats who use us teachers to present. And over the last five years, this has been a huge piece that teachers have presented on and found a lot of success. And so I am, I'm really excited for it. Okay. So one clarification that I have here is to say that these opportunities up to this point are regional opportunities, but are available to anyone who would like to take part in these, right? Yes. Okay. Correct. 
And that, that happens in our ESU network where certain ESUs, the personnel there, or in conjunction with other ESUs when they are friends and have partnerships like, like the two of you do, for example, uh, have initiatives um, where they kind of go in together. I, mean, I love that those are available broadly. Are there any statewide opportunities that we could highlight as well coming up here this summer? So at our science cadre meeting, we have a partnership with NDE. And so Rhonda True, who does the competitive grants, she's a state assessment specialist. She leads two competitive science grants and both really focused on assessment. She has a lot of standards work for writing assessments. So the standards task writing for the assessment, there's one in Kearney this summer in June from the 12th to the 16th. And I know she's still looking for fifth and eighth grade. So if you're interested, you could reach out to me or Kristen or Rhonda True as well. We'd be happy to hear from you. Fifth or eighth grade. There is another week of it in Lincoln in July, 10th through the 14th. And they are still looking for fifth grade. If um, any fifth grade teachers out there, please register. And you can do both. So if you are a fifth grade teacher, you know, and you're interested in June and July, and there are stipends to support all that work. And then um, both of those are for task writing. And then there's another date in July 27th. They will do the standard setting confirmation. If you've previously done any standards work, you cannot be part of that. And so since I've helped write some of the assessment work, I can't participate. So if you haven't had that opportunity yet and just want to get a feel for it, it's just one day. I'm not sure where that one's being held at right now, the July 27th date, but we could reach out to Ron or you could as well to find that out if anyone wanted to be part of it. And then they also have the content and bias review, and that's during the school year. It'll be in September and November. It's held completely virtual and also comes with a stipend because that work would happen. There's some pre-work that you have to do as a teacher, and then they meet in the evenings over Zoom, so there's a stipend there. And if you have never had the opportunity, these principal assessment design, it's a great process you could use in your classroom and it's just a great opportunity to kind of learn what the state assessment, how it's written, what it looks like, what kind of questions are there. And they have some really good process that they've honed over the last six years. And a lot of that comes from the work Ron has done around um, the classroom formative task repository. So we now have tasks in every grade, K through high school, which is just amazing. And they are built kind of in... They're built in the same format as the state science assessment. They're all on Google Docs. Any teacher can use them to kind of gauge where you're at within the standards. So that's available for teachers to use. And they're still looking to keep writing. I think fifth and eighth officially have assessment at every indicator. And then as we're thinking towards, you know, the revision of the science standards and really focusing in on those achievement level descriptors and making sure now that we have a the assessment results are official and coming out, that we're really looking at those achievement level descriptors and making sure that our students are meeting that mastery and level of rigor in all three dimensions. Our state assessment includes the science and engineering practices, cross-cutting concepts, and disciplinary core ideas. So these opportunities are a great chance to see what that really looks like. So Kristen, what, what else did Rhonda talk about that we could share? I know she just had so many things that are going on between the assessment writing and then she was talking about the grants that she's working on as well. 
Yes. And actually, I'm going to piggyback. You had mentioned the principal assessment design, mm -hmm. and that is part of the SIPS grant. And again, here comes acronym. So SIPS stands for Stackable Instructionally Embedded Portable Science. That is a mouthful, and they're doing a lot of work. This is another partnership example. So Nebraska is partnered with six other states, and it's end-of-unit assessments around topic bundles. There are differentiation strategies for each unit. There will be a crosswalk available between SIPS bundle and the Nebraska Science Standards, so that's an amazing resource. And future work right now, we have... ESU-5, props to ESU-5, as well as LPS, Lincoln Public Schools, they're currently piloting within this grant. So that's called the SIPS grant. And then Rhonda also mentioned uh, the CASIA grant. Here we go. Coherence and Alignment for Science Curriculum Instruction and Assessments. Even more of a mouthful, but again, quality work. Um, it's a, a partnership with three other states. So Nebraska definitely is also partnering beyond. So we're a large community within a community, and then we have our ESUs and our district communities. So the CASIA grant, four to five eighth grade teachers, and we also have fifth grade teachers piloting four end of unit assessments. So I keep using the word assessments. In science, we're really looking for the rigor in a student being able to show evidence of learning. And a lot of times we refer to that as a performance task. So we're asking a lot of our scientists and engineers in the classroom, but we have all of these supports to help educators get students to where we want them to be. So Kristen, as you talked about some connections across multiple states, uh, recently Nebraska had the chance to partner through Access They've been around for years and they provide resources um, if you've ever used the STEM teaching tools. And so they're the organization that helps a lot of that work. And so Nebraska had a chance to work with some states have a lot of rural school districts. And so Colorado, Kansas, Arkansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, Nebraska met just this last month to look at how can we support those teachers that are looking at five, six, seven different preps in a day, and what can we do to lift some load off of them? And so just some areas we just started talking about is assessment is one of them. So they don't have to try to design performance assessments and assessments that meet the level of rigor that they're provided. And Nebraska is definitely a leader around the country in that work that we have done. Facets of learning, just being able to understand what that evidence of learning from my students are. And then another area we focus on student sense making, really looking at those progressions and then the phenomena that we're using with our students. And so we're still in the design process, but really if you are a rural educator and you have some ideas of what we could do as a science cadre, as a state to really support and take some work off off of them, we would love to hear about it. I think it's really exciting work that I hope we can move forward because I think I, I was in that position. I had a lot of different preps. And so I know what that feeling's like. And I'm hoping we can do something to support them. All right. And as we bring today's episode to a close, what I would ask of both of you, I guess, I'll put you on the spot here a little bit. Uh, and that is to just say that as we round out the school year, right, uh, and, and I know that May can feel a little bit long, and we're talking over the course of this episode about all these great opportunities over the summer to continue to grow and to connect and to learn together in this particular content area. 
Let's get a little pep talk for folks who might be going, yeah, Kristen, yeah, Dad, this sounds great, but I'm tired. I need a little time off. I need a little time away. But but this is really, you're so passionate about this work. And I know others share that passion. So um, what would you say to those science teachers that are intrigued by the things that you brought up today, potentially, but might just need that extra little bit of encouragement uh, to really reach out and to get involved? Kristen, we should have brought our group, our teacher group, our teacher network in 99 is just fabulous. And we invite all of you, every single one of you to our stuff, especially heading to Ash Falls Fossil Beds. And they are amazing. Like we, we like to have fun, me and Kristen, we, and that's really why you should come. You learn, you get new stuff, but it is fun. But really to people that come along with us from our two ESUs that have created a statewide, like I went to Nats, and it's like our group of teachers from UC United, like know everyone because of these connections they've made in the summer. And it is unreal that this network that I had in 10, Kristen had nine, merged, became friends. They do a book club in Hastings with a bunch of my teachers, then grew into all of these other, you know, ESUs and groups that come together and meet and talk and share. It's a thing about science teachers in Nebraska, they share. And so you get stuff. You never leave any science work without something because they are sharers, they are doers, they want to help. And so no matter how tired you are, you will have fun and you'll get something out of it when you get home. Oh my gosh. Agreed. I think I have three NASA space ambassadors in that book club alone because mm -hmm. they talk to each other and share about, Oh, you should do this. And this is how you get there. It's awesome. I would also say when you think of educators and you take that time to plan really well, that whole unit, then you get to enjoy it. You get to enjoy the learning with your students. There's less scrambling because you have these resources and you have people to reach out to if you have questions that network. So that opportunity to be with other science teachers and to build, design, co-construct, walk away with tools, people, resources, it can make your year even better. You're prepping yourself for student success, your success, and it's just F-U-N. We love to be out in nature. That's why we choose locations for science teachers. Uh, locations, Diana, we've done Aurora Leadership Center where we had campfires and we had canoeing. And then we- Rose Sanctuary. Rose Sanctuary. And that opportunity to be out in nature again with other people who live the life you do and have the similar passions. Well, I can tell that obviously both of you are very passionate as well uh, about this discipline and about education broadly. So thank you so much for taking a little bit of time to share with us on today's episode of the podcast. And as I noted uh, from the top, I'm going to link in the show notes, a link to some notes that we actually had prior to recording today. And in there, you'll find a lot of the hyperlinks that'll take you directly to some of the things we referenced uh, out loud, just in our verbal discourse here today, uh, and would certainly invite people to sign up. And and really, the earlier, the better, as summer is fast approaching, as we just uh, acknowledged. So certainly thankful to both Kristen and Diana for taking a little bit of time today to share, but for every day that you show up for our science teachers and for those uh, educators in your region and across Nebraska, uh, thanks for taking some time to share. And we hope to see everybody as part of these initiatives over the summer. Thanks, Andrew. And a shout out to our entire science cadre. We are better together. And thanks for letting us be ambassadors to share all this information.